Hey all, welcome to a dram of diving. Uh, looks like we got a few of you guys here. Um, I have posted a bunch of stuff into the comments uh, to give you guys an idea. The we've got the Patreon going on, uh, and we've got our whiskey glasses still that we've got a lot of available for, and those hooded sweatshirts were supposed to be delivered today or tomorrow. Uh, and uh, those are kind of shop sweatshirts, but they are crazy limited run. I know a lot of you guys bought them, so. Uh, I want to make sure that I announce that there. They should be here tomorrow. There are some extra ones. We ordered a little bit extra. Um, God, we're already getting heckled. Scott Smith already in there. And then Brock, my God, guys, I give you guys a minute to get involved so you don't miss anything and you're just harassing me. Don't worry. The scap is right there. I haven't opened it yet, Brock. I will get to it in a minute so you guys can see it. We should welcome our guests first. Uh, so today we are going to be discussing, does nine dives make you an advanced diver? Uh, from what I have talked to, many of the instructors don't feel that way, but they kind of teach that way a little bit. And I think that allows for some misconceptions and we're going to see some uh, opinions from a lot of different people. Uh, so right now we're going to welcome Bill, Natalie and James to the stream. I'm going to bring in Bill and Natalie and James. Here we go. We got everybody. What's up, everybody? Good evening. Hi. Howdy. How are we all doing? Good. Good evening. Nat is, Nat is always loud as usual. She's got a great echo there. I love it. Nat is empowering the room. So before I get harassed, I'm going to open my bottle of whiskey because I know Brock, Brock Scott, Matt Glass, Eric are all going to freaking harass the crap out of me. So let me get this started before they start. So how are you guys all doing tonight? Good. Good. Bill, you're good? Yeah, man. Hanging in there, having a good time. So excited for this conversation. Good. James, I'm glad you could join us. I know you had to rearrange some stuff. I appreciate that. I did. Uh, I want you to know you're going to get a bad email from all my uh, rugby mates. I'm supposed to be out there running rugby around. Rugby mates. Oh, <laughs> good. Jeez. That, that's no good. All to you. <laughs> I love it. Too funny. Uh, so anyways, cheers to you guys. I got my whiskey. I don't know if you guys got a drink or not, but cheers, everybody. Beautiful. Cheers. That is damn good. Yeah, that's... Little scap of flow whiskey can't hurt anything, right? Um, oh Jesus, they're all starting. So, um, good conversation tonight. Uh, let's go through. Uh, maybe people don't know. Uh, we're gonna start with Bill since you're a complete newcomer to the uh, to the show. Yeah. Uh, give us a little bit of your background, bud. All right. Well, good evening, everybody, and uh, thank you guys so much for having me. Um, coming to you live from Eleuthera, Bahamas, and if you don't know where that is, it's just due east from Nassau. So. Country is currently back on quarantine, lockdown, kind of. We're surfing the wave, but um, essentially what I do down here is I'm a research scientist at a field station. So my specialty is in marine biology, coastal ecology, and uh, a bit of my background with diving is um, I am a greenhorn. I'm an advanced open water diver currently working on my rescue, but I hope to lend some insight into what that means from a newcomer's perspective. So. Yeah, I've taught marine ecology methods, scientific diving, all that good stuff. So, yeah. Excellent. Great. Uh, Nat, we had you on last, or two weeks ago, so why don't you give us a rundown again for anybody that's new since we got some good viewership right now. Oh, I'm Natalie Gibb, and I, uh, I live in Mexico. So Quintana Roo, Mexico, the state that has Cancun and Playa del Carmen and Tulum in it. And uh, we are not on lockdown, so that's <laughs> Jealous. And I, uh, I'm a full-time cave diver. I'm a cave explorer, and uh, I own a dive center called Under the Jungle, where we teach cave diving. 
Nice. Very good. Uh, <laughs> James, uh, you can go ahead and introduce yourself, and I'll just put up there for you while you're there. Um, so, James, why don't you go ahead and uh, give us a rundown of you? I don't have the cramps. Uh, the cramps just happens to be one of my all-time favorite bands. That's all. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm from uh, Metro Detroit, Michigan, and um, I've been uh, living the the scuba life uh, pretty much my whole life since I was 16. I've been doing everything I can my whole life to not ever have to get a real job, <laughs> and uh, it's done me well up until COVID. COVID's yep. really uh, screwed me up. So uh, since uh, since this happened, like our state's been in pretty hardcore lockdown, and uh, I'm not officially fully back to work yet. So I'm kind of in a scramble of what the next move is. But uh, we're playing it out, you know, uh, seeing what's happening. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, you got a extra plug there. Come on, you forgot your Brando's going to be so oh, disappointed. And, uh, Come oh, on, man, jeez. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Trying to be humble. And I'm a, <laughs> one of the co-hosts of the Great Dive Podcast, if anybody's heard of the Great Dive Podcast. We have a, yes. a lot of fun, and um, we got a really awesome uh, shark story coming up this week, if anybody's interested. Oh, nice. Oh, Good nice. deal. That's great. Um, a, lot, a lot of blood and gore and horror, and it's going to be really fun. I love it. See, now you got the rugby guys coming after me, after me, and Brando's going to start freaking harassing yeah, me, too. You're just going to make yeah. me hitless. Jeez. All right, so uh, let's get at it. So essentially, um, we start talking about some of the the major agencies and the major way of doing things. Uh, you see open water going straight into advanced and straight into, and maybe there's a nitrox involved in there, but but for, for tried and true, the way things have been taught and the way, the way I started teaching was you do open water and next weekend we have an advanced class and you're going to go into that advanced class next and then there's rescue and then... Either you're a dive professional or I can sell you some other classes, maybe. Like, that is how I used to teach. That is it. Um, so I, I think that, and, and from having conversations with a lot of people, is that that linearity of, of the education program starts to cause issues where suddenly I'm advanced and then I go into rescue. I was just talking about this today. We, you go into rescue and suddenly you haven't done any more real underwater skills. Great course. Great, great, great course. But you haven't done any more like James, you're doing a buoyancy clinic. Like you haven't done any more real true buoyancy. You went to 66 feet. Well, I've taught a class where we went to 66 feet, 67 feet. Here's your deep part of the, that class. Uh, do a triangle or, or square, not even triangle. That's too hard. Do a square, uh, look at a fish and do it at night. And then, all right, swim through a ring. Here's your advanced card. You're good to go. Uh, that and then they think they're advanced and then have issues and stop diving because they don't feel they're advanced. Um, so, Bill, coming from your perspective, we'll, we'll go to the student perspective because you were a fresh student on it. How did you feel coming out of advanced and what issues might you have had uh, immediately following that? Yeah, so just kind of you know gauging the field what we've got here with our other panelists. Um, I think I'm going to tend to go agree with you guys uh, very much part of the way. Um, my background with diving was very atypical. So I first came down here to the Bahamas in 2017, and it was the need to facilitate scientific diving. So I was, again, brand new, fresh out of it. And my instructor, he had a very different approach, I think, from the normal PADI or SDI kind of approach, where we had six months to really hammer the skills. So for me, right off the bat, and I think we'll get into this a lot in this conversation, was step number one buoyancy, buoyancy, and once you're finished with that, more buoyancy and buoyancy. 
And we had the luxury of having months upon time to really perfect that. Um, and that really came from the need from the work that we were doing. So again, with my background with the more scientific research style diving, at that time we were doing a bonefish telemetry project. And here in the Bahamas, bonefish are an extremely important recreational fishery. They say by the time fishermen come down and they catch one single fish, that represents a $3,000 investment to that local economy, one single fish. So the project was looking at um, tracking the motions and the movement of these fish. And what we had to do was catch bonefish on the fly implant them with a uh, passive acoustic telemetry um, transponder. And then from that, we had to install hydrophones to the benthic area and to the bottom of the sea. We had about 50 stations and that went down to about 50 to 60 feet. So again, as a new diver, that seems pretty, you know, pretty crazy, but we had to go down, make sure that trim was perfect, make sure that we knew where all of our components were and everything was streamlined. So Again, kind of to abbreviate that statement, what it was was we had to have it to a higher level than just the normal PADI or SDI kind of certification. So, yeah, I, I really benefited from that, I think. Yeah, so that that was more the mentor style, right? So that's what we do a lot with our scientific divers and stuff like that is that more mentoring type of style that, that yeah, you're even if you are getting advanced, that you're not going next weekend to do it. You did a lot of work and a lot of mentoring to get to the point where you're at and then becoming advanced. Natalie, what are you seeing down in the caves and caverns? Maybe you're not, well, maybe you are with the cenote seeing advanced open water divers or advanced adventure divers coming down seeing you. I, I don't really generally work with people who are doing like open or open water anything. Usually the first time I see people are when they are already experienced enough to be curious about doing a cave course. And that's why they're coming doing a cavern course with me. So I don't, but I do, I was an open water instructor for several years. Yep. And so um, I think I would say two things about the advanced open water course. Uh, I would say it's misnamed and it sets a bad precedent. Okay. So to start with, I think like there's absolutely, in my opinion, if you just want to have people learn to use a compass after the open water course, nothing wrong with doing that. But calling it an advanced course then is going to lead people to think they're advanced divers, which in my personal opinion, with nine dives, you're not, right? Mm -hmm. um, but I don't necessarily see that there's something terribly, terribly wrong with letting people get sort of a wide, a wider idea of what's possible with diving because it's going to pique their interest. So I don't think it's necessarily an absolutely terrible thing to do. However, I think that um, having people just go from course to course right away and making it a course as opposed to like adventure dives or something is starting to set sort of a bad precedent because what you see is these people that just go course to course to course to course without getting any experience in between. And if you want to be good at something, you can't just take the course and then do it. You have to practice. And so... I would say that by setting this precedent, if you just go from one course to another course to another course, now we are getting to the snowball of, oh, you've done rescue, now you should do dive master, then you should do instructor, like, blah, 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 blah. and of course it doesn't always go that way. Um, the other thing about not taking time in between courses, though, it's the same thing we see down here with people who want to just come down and do full cave. Yeah. Like immediately, like you're not going to get as much out of a course if you haven't like really mastered the skills from the previous course. So like if I teach you to back kick and then I take you into a cavern course that same week, 
Now you're worried about back kicking away from a tie-off point with the reel, but you're also worried about making the tie-off. So now you're handling a lot of information at once, and I feel like that doesn't let you master the information as much. Now, is that a concern with open water to fans? Maybe not, right? Maybe, hey, it's okay. You teach them to use a compass, they're going to use it open water. But I think it's more the precedent that we're setting. Like, okay, you did advance. Let's go for rescue. Are you going to be a good rescue diver? But again, like rescue is kind of good right away as well in some sense because it teaches people to stop staring at themselves and to look around a little bit more. And I do like the concept of trying to get people to watch, watch around them and try to have a, a better sort of situational awareness and global awareness than they typically do coming out of uh, open water course. So somewhere in there, though, there's a line to be drawn where you need to stop and just and just uh, get some experience. So where that is, maybe it can be personal as well. But are you a truly advanced diver with nine dives? I mean, I don't think anybody thinks they are. So maybe we just need to change the name. Yeah, exactly. So um, that is one of the possibilities, 100%. So that's one of the things when, when I switched over to SDI that, that uh, was nice because you can go right into rescue if you've got some experience. So you don't have to do this linearity. You can kind of do a zigzaggy type of thing. Um, and that was the, and I know other organizations are similar to that. And, um, but I don't have experience teaching with them. So James, last but not least, what is your yes. opinionation on this? Can, what can you add to the conversation? Well, I actually, what you just said is actually a pretty uh, cool concept. And I, I think it actually makes more sense to, if you really think of the, name advanced open water i think it makes much more sense to have that title after you have a rescue certification mm -hmm. than before you have a rescue certification because how i mean how, how could you really be advanced if you can barely understand the concept of self-rescue let alone helping out another diver other than doing a tank valve tow it's, mm -hmm. it's hard to, to really consider yourself an advanced diver so like Natalie said a moment ago, there's certainly a, a, a strong consideration for the entire heads of the, these agencies in the industry to re, really reconsider the name of of that certification and, and where it places divers. And I think there's a really strong spot for like what she mentioned about, I'm not against getting people into more classes and getting them a, a taste of what night diving is and what deeper than... 60 feet is and a lot of people in the cold water really only had to go to 50 feet because you know, it's cold water so you automatically get yeah. the extra 10 to cover your uh -huh. 60 or however you, you work it out but, but the point is you're really um you're really lacking in the reality of of that open water of anything near advanced let alone adding five more dives to the picture so having like an experienced diver level, a more experienced diver diver level, sure. But open water two. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Open water level two. <laughs> right. Exactly. See that that makes way more sense to me for sure. Like, because you don't yeah. get that really in yeah, anything else. You know, you don't get. Um, you know, if you're going skydiving, there's there's a requirement for experience before you move on to different levels and um mm -hmm. nobody's gonna take you know the, the guy who showed up one weekend in uh you know in veil for a an introduction to to skiing mm -hmm. onto a black diamond advanced hill that following weekend 
It just it doesn't happen in any other industry other than scuba, it seems like. And it does people do this all the time. They're like, oh, yeah, you give me a tip, I take you to 100 feet. You've got four yeah. dives. It'll be so cool. Trust me. You're like, oh. Hey, blue, blue hole dive five. Come on, it's perfectly fine. You know, and I and I get it on the consumer end. Like the like if I'm the if I'm the the new idiot, you know, going down, and the dive master goes for another hundred bucks, I'll, I'll I'll take you to do this super kick ass dive. To me, I'm like, oh yeah, that's going to make me that that in my logbook is what's going to make me super awesome because I've already been to 138. Yeah. You have no frame of reference. Like I, as a new open water diver, I certainly did stupid things that I wouldn't do now, but I had no idea that they were wrong because you have the open water book, which is super basic. Yep. They handed this card saying, you're okay to do this now. And you're like, all right, so I'm okay to do this now. Like my training's going to get me. And then, <laughs> no. And, and that's what causes the, the fear later on, right? You, you, you have one incident and you go, oh my God, I don't know what I don't know. Hopefully that kind of clicks and then you're like, um, so many people are like, I'm done then. I just is, this is way too much. I'm advanced, but I can't handle this. So therefore, this must be way above me. I must be bad at this, which you see a lot of. Uh, Matt Glass, interesting. Open water, opener water, openest water, open water Tokyo Drift. I think those are those are fairly good, fairly good ones. I like that, Matt. Well done. Uh, can I can I have Matt, ask uh, Matt if he wants to start an agency with me? That's, uh, <laughs> that sounds pretty good. I'm in. That sounds good. Didn't you? Aren't you already starting an agency or part of a major? Somebody else. I love that that word that you used. It was uh, based in reality, right? Yeah. And this is something as open water divers, they get into the system. It's you know, it's all been kind of manicured for them, pool like conditions or in a pool. And I think this is something we're going to probably get into further in this conversation. But it's what is this actual reality that you're going to see in an open water situation or when you start to get more advanced um, and kind of going with what you guys were saying was it kind of dials me back to like my my driver's ed course where I remember my instructor goes, listen, you're not going to be like an adequate driver until 10 years down the road after you've had a car crash, after you've like dealt with all the situations that you're going to deal with. So, again, kind of going to the, heart, you know, the, the core of this conversation is after nine dives. Have you experienced everything that you need to see to consider yourself an advanced diver? And I just, yeah, my opinion is nay, it's not. And well, that I think that's because of the, the foundation's the opposite, right? So there, the either the, the foundation of your educational model is experience building or the foundation of your model is we have to check off 24 skills. In which, a week time you off on this vacation. And yeah. you know that when, uh, when the, the core of your business is – uh, new student acquisition, it's always going to be based on checking off the skills so we can start up the next class. Yeah. 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 And that, that presents, um, so when it comes down to the financials of, we always talk about, I've talked to so many instructors like, Oh no, they're not advanced. Although they, I agree with you. They're not advanced after nine dives. Then you see them post on Facebook, like congrats to our, our advanced divers that got certified last weekend. You're like, but you just told me, that you don't think that that's right. And they're like, well, this is what I, you know, and they're selling it. Oh yeah. Let's go for the next weekend. Let's go the next weekend. Let's go the next weekend. It's like, well, so we switched it up at, at my shop where we're like, somebody comes in and goes, I want to get my advance. Why? The one question changed the entire thing. Why? What do you want to do? What is your goal? Tell, tell me your goal. Why are you here? And they're like, well, I'm bad at navigating. Then let me teach you how to navigate. 
uh, or I want to go deeper. All right, let's get some experience and let me teach you how to go deeper. Let's not do a sampler platter because you already know what you want. I agree with Natalie to the point where if you need a sampler platter and you want to get some experience, let's go do a sampler platter and get you some experience and see what's going down. If you truly want to learn something, tell me and I will teach you or find someone to teach you if somebody's better at it than I am. Um, somebody did bring up, uh, let's throw this up here. I think buoyancy course should be part of the open water course and not an a la carte class. The essential skill isn't enough to work toward mastery. Um, there's been a lot of conversation. I've been part of it with, with uh, I know I, I harp on the SDI thing and and I, that's because I'm involved in them significantly. So we did SDI, we did two uh, presentations or things like this, uh, Facebook lives on neutral buoyancy training in open water. Um, and we do everything. And I believe James is on the, the same one there. And I'm not sure, Nat, how you taught. Um, Bill, you're a student, so I got to leave you out for a second. But um, when we teach neutrally buoyant in trim the entire time, we are now including dry suit and nitrox from day one with our open water classes because uh, we think that's how it should be taught. Uh, so buoyancy is the the catamount to what we're doing and really working on, you know, somebody answered a question of, on the phone today and they were like, well, how do you kick? We're like frog kick. That, that is, that's it. We're, we're frog kicking. We're going to teach you other ones, but you're going to frog kick a hell of a lot. Um, how do you guys feel about, uh, we'll go backwards now, James, how do you feel about teaching buoyancy in the open water course and, and how far do you go with it? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to read this here a little bit. Um, yeah. So I'm going to go back to that you just have by Kevin about um, I lost it. I can't find I'll put it. I'll put it up on the screen for you. But anyways, but it was like, uh, like, yeah, that, that one, that right there, like, uh, it, it's not an class, it's an essential skill, there's not enough time in the open water course to master it. Um, I, I think that's just flat out wrong. Um, because it is 100% teachable. It's just a it's just the focus and the what the instructor's using as a premise to to set the the bar for what he's doing as education the way the way i teach is that, that's just it's the first thing we do is, is we, we teach breathing we we teach calmness you know i mean i, I teach people how to you know find find you know a, a peaceful place in that three-dimensional world i don't expect them to at an open water level have the buoyancy control and the trim and the propulsion techniques that you know Natalie would want them to have to, to go and, and pass a cave class. But it's a huge different world than, than just going completely negatively buoyant, learning a bunch of skills, and then in the last 15 minutes of class going, hey, by the way, before we hit the open water, we should talk about neutral buoyancy. You know, for me, it's a, you, you learn like to, to be somewhat in control. You don't have to be perfect at, at when you're just a beginner. But you should understand that, oh, my God, I just bumped the bottom. I'm aware of that. And I'm, I'm staying away from all. Oh, I'm, I'm rising all the way to the surface. I should be aware of that and controlling that with my breathing. And once they know that, then we go, okay, by the way, this is a regulator. You got to take it out. You got to put it back in. Uh, this is the mask. We're going to flood it and clear it. And it's a, it's a completely different game for, for how the diver exits the water. Doesn't mean that an open water diver has got tech level, you know, tech level skills and, and perfection, but they know when they're doing something that's destructive to the to the environment. Whereas so, somebody who's learned everything negatively going to the bottom, they just you know take standing and walking around in their fins as a, a normal procedure. 
So I think we need to go back to like, so we're talking about second course, which means that I think you, you use terminology. I use the same terminology, the foundation, James. So, so you talk about that foundation and, and getting that proper foundation and then working up from there. Um, Kevin's retorting was saying, I'm not saying it's not teachable. I'm saying combine that specialty with open water. But, and that's yeah, kind of what we're saying lot, is that. A lot of us do. Yeah, a lot right. of us do. Yep. So I think you need to take a second because I've heard you talk about this before and you skimmed over it a little bit, but but you do something unique with your foundation. And I don't know if everybody kind of picked up on it. Can you talk just for quick about your general foundation on how you start an open water class? Because I think that gives a good uh uh, look into how you actually teach a class and go forward with it. Uh, well, it, it starts with uh, no mask, first off. You know, it uh, gets somebody comfortable with having their face in the water because, I mean, so many people come to scuba be, for the very reason of, you know, grandma's taking me on a cruise and we're going to stop by Cozumel. So I, I, I just saw this thing on Discovery Channel, so I got to go do a dive. Sure. Yet, you know, they're afraid of the water. You know, they almost drowned when they were seven years old or, or whatever the case is, you know. So, you know, mass clearing becomes like one thing that they have to get over and they muscle through it on, on just so much so as they can pass. But that's not mastery, you know. And, and for me, like as an instructor who has to look myself in the mirror and go to sleep at night, like I want to know that, you know, a year from now, they're not going to fall back and have an issue. And the, the problem that so many people have is it's because they learn all these skills and a lot of instructors push off that mass clearing. They push off that mass removal because they know the, they can see it from day one that the, the students have a problem with it. So, I mean, I've taught and I've taught instructors that have, you know, uh, mentored along with me, nip it in the bud right from the beginning. First thing you do is no mass. Learn to breathe with no mask. Learn that breath control. And then you'll never, ever have an issue to the rest of the class of when it comes to flooding and clearing or when it comes to mass removal and replacement. You've got that worked out of the way. So that's the first thing. Then we, we go from there, like in that same process, talking about breathing and how breathing is buoyancy control. And uh, we just learn that, just breathing from a regulator. And then we throw gear on and then start doing scuba skills. Yep. So I think that's what was lost in the thing is I know that you guys start without scuba gear and that like that that everybody's like, whoa, wait, <laughs> no scuba gear. Like, yeah. So that's uh, we we start with scuba gear on, but no mask the exact same way and creating that foundation, which then makes I think somebody mentioned it earlier. There's been a lot of comments, but somebody makes the comments earlier of, well, it depends on the diver. Yeah, it depends on the diver, because if I do a really, really good job or my instructors or whoever is instructing them does a really good job of putting a foundation down advanced open water or advanced becomes a little bit better um, because it's, it's easier to, to deal with because you've given them more skills to start off with um, and created that yeah. different foundation. Um, and the reason we go, and the reason we, I start with no gear is because I want them to learn buoyancy through the breathing, not through a piece of equipment, which is when you've got all the equipment on, they use that little button <laughs> to control buoyancy yeah. rather than themselves to control buoyancy. Yep. So when they understand that, you know, that, that gear that they're wearing is really just carrying the weight to compensate for their suit and compensate for the, the, the gas that's full in the bottle, it makes a different understanding of, of what their breathing is doing. 
Absolutely. Uh, Natalie, how much are you seeing from people that are coming down to, to you guys? You might filter them ahead of time, but how much are you seeing people that are coming down to you with advanced open water ready to go for the cenotes? Or do you even have any by you? You have some by you, right? I mean, I don't take those people. I refuse them. I actually turn away. So there's a couple of different things for the people who are familiar with my, uh, my world. So you can go do cavern and cave training and such. Or down in Mexico, we now have this glorious thing called a guided cavern or guided <laughs> tour, which is when you take people with absolutely zero overhead experience with training in a single tank and swim them through the cenotes, uh, just in the cavern zone, which is an area which is big and has a lot of light. So I do do these, but um, we don't do them. We have like some really minimal um, requirements. So we, uh, they have to have at least 25 dives, which is nothing. They have to have dived within the last six months and they have to be able to, here's the trick, hold a horizontal, neutrally buoyant position in the open water of the cenote as we swim around. And if they don't, I refuse to take them in. We also make them do mass clearing and breathe from, uh, breathe from one of our long hoses before they come in. So we get a lot of uh, questions like, Hey, like, okay, so I want to do a cavern tour. I'm like, great, read this paper about what you need to be able to do to do this. And then they're like, oh, I don't have that. I'm like, well, you shouldn't go in the cavern or nobody should take you into the cavern. But unfortunately, people down here look at guided cavern tours and synopsis as an upsell to the open water course. So people on their fifth dive in their entire lives are swimming through a cavern, which is exactly against the safe diving statement like practices, safe diving practices, statement of understanding they have signed in the open water course, right? So for me, in my opinion, the guided cenote tour has one purpose. The purpose is you're thinking about doing cave training, you have some level of technical background and you wanna check out my shop and me and see if you actually wanna do this with me. And if you like the environment, that's like my opinion of what it should be. And that's usually what we get for me. However, we have seen the, you see the trains of people like bicycle kicking through the caverns now, and it, it's really horrifying. Like if something lost, they're going to die, die. Like yeah. there's, there's no hope, right? Mm. It's just, it's over. So my opinion, it shouldn't be done this way, but it is, it's not even advanced open water. They're literally taking people from their open water course straight into the cenotes. And in my opinion, that's completely negligent. And it's absolutely horrifying. Like I think you should be, pretty up there before you slip into an overhead environment. Right. So that, I mean, that's a whole lot to unwrap there. Um, we're going to bring Danny, Danny Rivera in, in a second. Cause he just joined us. Um, I mean, there is so much you've, you've got going on there that, that rides right along the advanced open water type of, of statement and, and philosophy. And, you know, maybe you're, you are capable of going to, to the deep water and you're definitely getting experience and it's a good class. Like I commend you for taking more classes, but the cenote thing, like you said, is just plain dangerous. I mean, that's just, I, I commend you for what you do for uh, vetting people before they get in there, um, which is yeah, excellent. We vet about like 60% of the people that acquire to do cavern tours with us. Yeah. yeah. I almost caught Danny licking a bottle of wine. I just waited to try and get him to the right exact point. Uh, Danny, I will bring you in in one, you're here, but I'm going to let you talk in one second. 
Bill, what are you seeing from the scientific perspective of people coming down? Do they have experience? I mean, you got people coming up underneath you, right? Yeah, that are coming in. Are they coming in with advanced open water and what are they like as divers? Yeah. So the way the kind of system works down here is we bring in a lot of intern support and a lot of intern help. And, you know, with CVs, when they're applying for these internships, everybody's like, I'm an advanced open water diver. I've, you know, logged, you know, 50 dives. I'm advanced. I know everything. And then kind of what Natalie was saying there, you just, you see them still doing the bicycle kick and still like dropping to the bottom and hitting the coral. And it really makes you wonder like, what was that certification actually like proving at that point? So from what we see here, I, I think it's definitely one of those things where you get people that haven't dove in six, 12, you know, a year, two years, but they still carry that kind of, you know, that, that level of saying I'm an advanced open water diver. And for us, we really do have to stress, okay, this is the, you know, the standards for what we're looking for. As interns, when they come in, they're also supervising island school students that we have here. So high school students that are going through their open water course. And we really have to make sure that they meet that criteria to say, okay, listen, you are setting the example. So demonstrate a, uh, you know, a mask clear or swim, you know, a lap without a mask. And they go, well, I haven't done that since my open water. So this, I think this is where, again, we're going to start to go into this conversation is that what are these criteria to say that like you can prove and sustain this fact that you are an advanced open water diver. Um, and same thing with buoyancy, right? Okay. It'll prove to me that you can maintain that level of trim. Well, what do you mean by trim? hold on a second, this should be like, you know, ingrained in your brain at this point. And it all stems back to the breath control that James was talking about and just making sure that you have mastery. And this is my opinion on the fact is that if you're going to say that you are an advanced open diver, open water diver, you should know your gear front to back, sideways, up and down. You should have these skills really ingrained how to navigate these complex marine ecosystems. And I think this is where Danny's going to start to talk a little bit about fresh versus uh, salt water and all. <laughs> but uh, we we have fragile coral ecosystems here, you know, corals, um, elkhorns, staghorn, brains, all that good stuff. And when you have people that are, you know, staff positions that are still kicking over fan corals and elkhorns, it, it doesn't really bode well with somebody that also has that level of an advanced open water diver. And again, I think this all comes from experience. Going back to what James was saying with the real world, what are these actual ecosystems that you're traversing? Or as Natalie has pointed out, like in these cave ecosystems, it's not a matter of just checking the boxes. It's a matter of life and death. It's a matter of making sure that you can get your ass back out of this cave. So yeah. 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 And I think the, the terminology we always utilize for that is uh, certified versus qualified. You, you want qualified people, not certified people. The certifications, I can give you a card. Uh, I always tell people, we, we've got a card printer in the shop because we can print cards with, with our organization. So I go, you want a card? I'll, I'll print you a random ass thing. I mean, one of the guys from headquarters sent me a drunk dialing jackass card because apparently I was drunk dialed them. Um, so I mean, it happens. I've got, I am certified in drunk dialing. I mean, it just is what it is. I'm not sure where that falls in the whole, I think it's just between rescue and advanced, but it, it just is what it is. Seminar, make one. I can just send it out to your after, uh, after the, the pandemic, uh, <laughs> stuff that you guys do that freaking happy hour you have i'll just send it to everybody in there so yeah. yeah i haven't seen eric fine yet by the way why hasn't he harassed us yet i don't know what he's doing um so yeah uh, apparently we lost danny i saw a flash of lightning then the lights went out and then he disappeared so they do that on long island though so that's how they exit um so 
what are some of the potential solutions? Uh, I'm going to go backwards again from what I see. Uh, what are the possible kind of solutions you see for this, James? Uh, go ahead. Well, uh, certainly the, the, the biggest solution I would say is the industry and needs to be pressured by the community of, of an acceptance of or I shouldn't say an acceptance, but a requirement for experience over just the the card itself. I mean, uh, I mean, I couldn't tell you how many times out in the Great Lakes, you know, there, there's people that want to go do a dive that's in 80 feet, 100 feet, 100 feet plus, and they're restricted if they only have an open water, and they have to right. go get their advanced. Not so that they have the ability to actually perform that level of a dive well, because they still lose buoyancy and cork to the surface from 40 feet, or whatever whatever is the case. It's just they're they're satisfying the the legal requirement, you know, for that liability waiver. If an attorney were to say, "How dare you let a uh, open water only diver onto this shipwreck that's in 75 feet of water?" Right. So that's the whole, I went to 67 feet, also did a night dive and used my compass a little bit and then did two other dives so that I could dive deep scenario. Like that's right. 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 I mean, there's a, there's a big difference. I mean, and, and this is a, I think the issue with the, the majors versus some of the smaller agencies out there is the majors are teaching people regardless of level. And I, and I would go so far as to say, even in the, some of the early leadership level is it, it's still teaching you to, follow a dive master at the end mm -hmm. of the day really not teaching you to be self-sufficient and major teaching people i mean really do the dive yourself and not just be handheld from beginning to end yeah and i think and that's leading following a dive master that uh might have been certified two weeks ago from what i've heard in some scenarios you know like they're breaking it here's your here's your certification card you, you've been you've been out for two weeks go lead these people who are got certified last week yeah, <laughs> yeah. so all right yeah i've, I mean, I've known i've known advanced or uh, advanced divers that were dive masters you know in uh in the islands and places that you know they never officially went through they just hung around the shop long enough around the boats mm -hmm. long enough that they just were short a dive master you've been here long enough uh, we see this all the time down here man. Guys, and then the next thing you know you know two years later they're still you know uh an advanced certification and they're a dive master so what what really delineates yeah i as scary as this is, Danny Rivera needs to catch up. So I needs means I need to give the floor to him. <laughs> oh God, uh, Danny, you are. I'm assuming you've caught up on the drinking, and now you need to catch up on the uh, conversation. I mean, we, we should all take a drink. I mean, we should all take a drink so we can catch it. Danny was licking a wine glass. Yeah. Jerry, uh, what's the topic? What are we talking about? <laughs> Uh, sometimes in scuba, uh, who knows? I have no idea. Why you are not a advanced diver in nine dives, Danny? <sighs> here's here's the thing. So, so you guys have all been going around agreeing with each other and all this stuff. So, so I'm going to propose. I, I'm going to play devil's advocate in all of this. Okay, that's what I do. I know. <laughs> this is going to be a lot of fun. 
It is. All right. I want everybody. Natalie, did you hear that? Wait, let's make sure Natalie hears. Okay, just making sure you heard it. I like Danny already. Yeah, come on, Danny. All right. If you're an open water diver, I want you to raise your hand. Open water diver. Oh, only. Only or happen. If you're an advanced open water diver, I want you to raise your hand. Okay. If you're a rescue diver, I want you to raise your hand. All right. You if, like my you're, hands. if you're a dive master, I want you to raise your hand. If you're an instructor, I want you to raise your hand. If you're a technical instructor, I want you to raise your hand. If you're a technical rebreather instructor, I want you to raise your hand. No, I thought I, I all right, I thought that was gonna go all the way. All yeah. right, so, so, <laughs> we had to stop somewhere. <laughs> so all of us, all five of us, well that, the top like one Bill maybe, is only advanced open water. All right, it's all right, so any everybody aside from Bill. So there's four out of five of us. So like so four fifths out of us are in the top like five percent of divers all over the world. No, I'm a shit diver. <laughs> <laughs> so now, if, if oh, we're, I am. You're the worst you realize you are. <laughs> we're, we're one of the top 95% of all divers in the world, all right, based off of certification. Who are we to say that somebody is a diver, an advanced diver, or, or whatever certification? I think that as as we progress in this, uh, in, the, in this entire industry, we, we tend to to look down on all the other certifications that there are. So I'm a reconstructor. And so when somebody does one or two or three or 50 rec dives, when do they become a rec diver? Do they become a rec diver when I say they become a rec diver or do they become a rec diver when they dive a rec? And what's the definition? What are we holding people to? And should we be holding people to such high a level? When, if somebody dives once a year, are they a diver? Because I, I would say if they told me that they're a diver, I'd completely agree with the fact that they're a diver. But to say or not to say that they're either advanced or not advanced, I think that's arbitrary. And I, and I think that we're, we're throwing out these terms that mean absolutely nothing. I think people should just go diving and enjoy it. And if Danny, I, I would agree with you, I would agree with you up, up until the point that you have people dying on wrecks that are making fundamental mistakes that they never should have gotten to that point of even taking that class without that being corrected. That's the issue in my opinion. All right. Well, more people die in a Florida mini season on a reefs than they do in wrecks. So should there be a different level of reef diver? I have seen the Florida mini season. Most of those people should be stopped at the dock. <laughs> <laughs> Natalie has something to say. Go, Nat. Uh, the definition, so let's play the game. I would say you uh, get the certification when you can safely and independently do that dive with another similarly trained buddy without an instructor or dive master present. That would be my definition. So if you have dives in your life and you haven't dived in a year and you can go out with another buddy that's an open water diver. 
help of a dive master instructor, whatever that environment happens to be, I would say yes, you are a open water diver. If you can cave dive without a guide, safely and independently, which is my goal for my students, I don't want them. If they need to hire me as a guide because they are, they feel like they need me, I have failed my job and shouldn't have passed them. So any of these things, I would say, when they can do it by themselves with another buddy at their same level, that's when they count as an open water diver, an advanced open water. So when we were talking about the advanced course, we were saying, it, Danny missed this, but we were saying it's a bit of a misnomer because it's kind of experienced dives, like go check it out. So the problem I have with the advanced isn't that it's taught, but that they're saying advanced. So like, what does that mean? Does it mean you can go to 80 feet by yourself with a buddy? Yes or no? If you can safely plan an 80 foot dive with another similar certified buddy, you get to go deep diving, you blah, 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 blah. Advanced is a smorgasbord of things. So it's kind of hard to just say you are advanced. Advanced at, it's like I think Jason was saying, advanced at what? Yeah. Advanced at navigation, wonderful. Advanced at this, wonderful. Right. So that's, that would be where I would draw the line, Danny. And what, what I, I will say though, though, if, if you have somebody who has nine dives, which is probably four or five more than most open water divers, in, in those relative terms, they are more advanced than an open water diver. So yeah, they are relatively diver. for sure. Absolutely. I am more advanced than you, but now you put a a um, like qualifier on it, right? Yeah. So we, the problem here is what is advanced, right? I think that's what well, Dan is pushing at. All of the agencies. So if you if you teach through Patty, if you teach through SDI, if you teach through INTD, if you teach through uh, I'm trying to think whoever UTD. UTD, whatever it is, yeah. All right, so their qualifier is anything more than four dives. Because that's open water. Is open water. Anything more than four dives, you have now experience in advanced diving techniques. So who, why are we putting the, the definition on saying, well, you need to do 50, you need to do 30. We're arguing that. No, that's fine. That's, that's what it was, yeah. So like, yeah, they got the card, but do they have, we're saying like, what, where do we draw the line if we count them or not? I personally- If you them. issued them the card, you gave them the card. So you can't say that they have You can't say that they have the card, you have to do this. You certified them. Yeah, yeah. So, but then they have the card, but then- I gotta go in, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just rile everyone up and leave. I, I Every uh, transition, I'm, that's I'm sorry. Cheap. That's a cheap block on a Natalie. That's pretty rough. <laughs> He'll be back in a minute. Uh, Every transition, I'm sorry to interrupt here. But I think <laughs> one of the things that Danny and both Natalie are kind of getting at is that we have this notion of like personal diver responsibility. And again, not as an instructor, not knowing what that like that criterion is to certify somebody. In my experience, when I was certified as a open water diver, they said, listen, you now have the ability to go out, plan your own dives, do what you have to do. And like, you don't have to get a guide. It's probably a good idea to do so, but like you are a diver. And I've had a dive boat full of 20 students ready to go down for a marine ecology class. And, you know, they're still fucking around putting their like regulators on the first stage and the tanks backwards. And I'm like, this is your personal responsibility. And if you're not taking it seriously, I'm not going to, and I've literally told people you're staying on the boat, you're surface support now, because you just don't have that mastery of those skills. Reassess, you have to, because this is a life or death matter. Yeah. 
I would just like to thank Bill for dropping the first F bomb. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> there it is. Uh, normally no, goes, yes. Not to get to a real discussion. <laughs> We're going to go south way but, earlier uh, than this. To where, uh, to where Danny was going and uh, where Natalie was going. Um, the, the, the thing that she mentioned is, yes, there's no problem with you coming in to take a wreck diving class. The problem is the fact that you're passing it, but you don't have the ability to get back in the water and do that same dive again on your own without being handheld through the dive. And that's what sets people up for doing a dive in a training location and then going to someplace like where she's at or trying to go on a deeper shipwreck or go on a deeper wall dive where they really don't have the ability to hold their buoyancy. And they're in 170 feet of water on the bloody bay wall, climbing hand over hand, ripping sea fans off of the wall to try to climb back up because their shit face narked out and fucked up. I don't know any of that. That's the stuff you see. Whereas when you have, you know, a, a, a real class that it, it's not that when you, what brings you into the class to get that wreck diving certification, it's having the, the instructor that can have you do an experience dive at the end. Right. You know, so, you know, Bill, you just mentioned that, that you got that thing that you got to be able to get out there and go and do it. And yeah. the one caveat that I would say that I would like my instructor, if I were you, if I were you to have done was to say, now you're going to go out there and do it. And I'm just going to shadow you. Yeah. Right. So this I've shown you. So prove to me, yeah, prove to me that you can do this. I'm not going to get involved. I'm going to be there in case you totally screw it all up. Mm. But this is your dive. Show me that you can do this a hundred percent on your own. If you can do that at nine dives, sweet. Give them an advance card. Go for it. Yeah, they can have their own. That, that's not what we're getting. Sorry to interrupt you, Natalie. What was that one? I said if they can go do it on their own, then they can have the open water then. But somebody yeah. somewhere has to draw the line. How do I have like advanced hypoxic trivix rebreather dives? I can't do a proper frog pit coming in for a cave course. Yeah. This happens. And you're like, what do you mean? So How do you do this level? But the people don't cut them off and like say something. So what I'm hearing from you guys is really great. Like those, like you can't get your gear together, you can't go on the dive. Wonderful. So you have to cut it somewhere. There's some point where if you don't have the skills or you maybe no longer have the skills expected from that level of training, somebody's got to cut you off for your safety. Exactly. As so well, I let me play devil's advocate again. So you're just permanent. Just change your name to devil's advocate, Danny. Jesus Christ. Diablo. <laughs> 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 This was actually a real position in the uh, the Roman Catholic Church. That when somebody was accused of heresy, they needed somebody to be the advocate or be the lawyer for the devil. That's so, great. Really? So this is a real thing. Is that where the term comes from? That is where the term comes from. It's uh, advocacy, Diablo. It is, and they it, say drinking makes you stupid. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't realize you were so well versed in this, Danny. You're already you're already wrong in, in everybody's world because you're on the side of heresy. So, but somebody, everybody needs a fair defense. Yeah. To Natalie's point, where we need to cut people off where we feel they need to be cut off because they're not safe. Obviously, whoever whoever did, they got to a certain point, right? The hypoxic, try mix, rebreather instructor got to the point where he can't put his gear together, but he has the card. So somebody's standards somewhere were lacking. So how do we? 
as professionals say, this is what the actual level is. Because my mastering buoyancy might be different than Bill's, might be different than James. It's definitely different than Jason because he doesn't care and he's terrible at it. <laughs> so, what do we do? What do Shots we do? <laughs> um. You, you, it's uh, it would be pretty easy. Like, for, so you can set the standards for the training that you're going to do, which is what I do. I say you have to be able, like, coming into this course, you need to be able to do the air share neutrally buoyant. So you can't go up and down more than one meter. I can get you better than that. You can't go up and down more than one meter or move one meter on a for you Americans. Three. <laughs> that's a huge amount of difference. You can't go up and down more than three feet or move out of a three-foot square. And if you do that, I'm still going to, like, I will eventually start cave training with you, but we have some, I need to get you up to speed before we can start, basically. It's my job as an instructor to get them good. That's my job. But I'm not going to take them into the overhead if they can't stay still. So, and so, Natalie, why three feet rather than one foot? One foot seems really mean and four feet seems like a lot. And so that's my personal standard. So that's what you do. So you can do that for a course though. You can set it and the agencies could also set it, right? So why don't how we- do, How do you have it? a tape measure? Just sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> In my opinion, the agencies, so this is one of the things is lacking with the agencies, should have some entry level requirements and they may be arbitrary, but you've got to start somewhere, right? You've got to start somewhere. So let's say- Huh? If it's going to be real, yeah, you have to have some standard. Yeah, there's going to be some arbitrary thing. Maybe it's four feet. Maybe it's one foot. I think one foot would be pretty mean. Um, but you would have to have some sort of level that is set by the agencies where I can tell you as a TDI instructor that if you cannot do this, I will not start the course with you until I coach you to be able to. Let me, well, listen, uh, yeah, one and a half up or one and a half down is what I was saying, which is what I mean. Natalie, <laughs> I, I would say also that I, I, the, uh, the standard gives you as the instructor a way out from somebody that you see they might even have decent buoyancy, but they're missing the bigger picture of the brain and the awareness that you know is going to set them up for some failure down the road, especially at that level that you're talking. But when we come back to just the basic advanced open water, I mean, that, I mean, that's what the whole premise of this discussion tonight is, like nine dives. Does yeah. nine dives make you advanced or not? And when I, when I see people enter a dive master program that are afraid to take their mask off, yeah. I see somebody that's going into an instructor school that's having trouble holding buoyancy and trim, right, that can't hold a safety stop at the instructor level I give you a ton of credit, Danny, for for uh, flying this flag of this devil's advocate. James, I got to tell you, if if you have an instructor that can't hold a safety stop, if Natalie, you have a diver that can't take their mask off uh, at any point, uh, if Bill, if you can't do an air share without going up 15 feet, mm -hmm. it's your fault. It's your fault as the instructor. It's your fault as a diver. Well, it's, it's, not it's my fault as an instructor. Someone coming into the class saying they want to take a class and they, they can't. Hey, chances are, if you're getting an instructor, you're getting a dive master. This isn't a brand new student. Mm. He's saying these people are no, all. No, I, 
These are people that are coming up with the candidate. They run through my program the whole entire time. I, I sell all my shit on eBay tomorrow. I'd be back. I'd go golfing. That's all I do. I would never consider myself a scuba educator whatsoever, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying I carried them from advance. And by the way, let me let me say that this is a problem with the 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 uh, the hierarchy that you just spoke earlier is is you go r right to this industry focus of everybody raise your hand if you're over water raise your hand if you're advanced raise your hand if you're rescue raise your hand if you're dive mat. it's the system like you've bought into the system like full fledged you're in it you're in it to win it like that's the system and what all I'm saying from the beginning is I think the system needs to be re rethought system is broken. Yeah, I, I, I can agree with that. I'm not disagreeing with any of that, but I'm saying that when you have a dive master student, chances are those dive master students aren't brand new. Those are students that you've seen before that you you took. That's, that's not true. They, 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 come, they come from the Midwest down to Florida and they get their dive master in five days all the time. They yeah. go down to Bahamas, get their dive master in five days. They go to Grand Cayman, they become an instructor in two weeks. Every week. I, where are you teaching? I don't I don't know. I, I don't know you from that. Yeah, I'm in uh, Metro Detroit. All right. So you so you've never had a dive master student come to you that you didn't think their skills were up to par? Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. But they've come from all walks of life. So they were never from your own program? Some sometimes they were. Sometimes they weren't my student, but they were in they were entering a program at the shop that I worked for. So the shop that you worked for, that you taught for, wasn't holding the students up to standards? Uh, um, they were holding them up to industry standards, yeah. But uh, that's my point. I believe yeah. this is why I teach what I teach, which is outside of the industry. That's why I don't you know, teach you know, for uh, the, the regular classes of shop. I, I teach specialty instruction through UTD nowadays all all private stuff where i can have a student that really wants to do something that's beyond just the big box bs that they know that, that they can get anywhere else for 199 bucks mm. I, I i'm gonna again playing devil's advocate i'm gonna say if you hold a utd standard to an sdi or patty standard they're gonna be fairly similar for whatever course that they're holding to so it's not a matter of the actual standard from the agency. It's a matter of the instructor actually holding standards. And wait, wait, I'm sorry. Did you say that it would be a similar standard? I, I think almost identical in a lot wait, of ways. Wait, wait, wait. You I would absolutely agree have, with you. Have okay, so a training, go. training uh, location where the instructor is standing on the bottom. Yes, okay. We've got, not a standard. Guys, in no way, shape, or form is standing on the bottom of Patty's standard. That's an instructor who's no. lazy. No, 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 the, the industry standard is you have to control buoyancy on the buoyancy portion. Is all the industry standard is. Really buoyant, and they say you have to have mastery. So what is mastery? And I absolutely agree with you, Danny. That you've got people being like, oh, they were able to do it and checked it off. Like they were physically able, with great care, while I was holding them in the open water, be able to remove and replace their mask. And they were like, I finished that. What is that? So like, as if when I, this is like 12 years ago, when I was an open water instructor, I used to, I worked at a dive resort, a big one. Yeah. And I'd be like, I would refuse to certify people like all the time because my name's on it. So we had like an agreement with the, with the boss because I was a good instructor. 
that if on dive three, I didn't think I'd be able to certify them by dive four, I should just let them know so they would give them to another instructor to finish the course because mm. I wasn't going to pass them or was going to steadfastly refuse to pass them. So this was, right? And so it is. It's like, what it, it's how do you define mastery? How do you define if the person's terrified? Right? These things, yeah, right? Yeah. Shouldn't be terrified when they're in the room. So many instructors are really, uh, they're really prisoner to the, the dive shop owner that says, we need these people certified by tomorrow. Get them done. Yeah. And what do you do as the instructor? Either that or you don't have a job. So, like, it's, it's a big problem. I don't really care. So I told them I refused. And there was other people that would do it, which was equally terrifying. It's like, I don't think this person should do it. And they'd be like, no, we got to, so-and-so will pass them. And I was like, all right, not my, not my name on the card. But really. You don't think there's thousands of instructors throughout the Caribbean that know that they're never going to see that face ever again. Mm -hmm. And uh, the, the, the stop owners going, you got to get them done. You got to give them a card. That you I didn't know every, everybody does that. You're, you're lying to yourself if that's not, the, if you don't think it, that's true. absolutely horrifying. I have uh, two points I just want to bring up really quick. Um, Natalie, you kind of brought up this point that I think uh, it was Kevin, and I apologize if I butcher his last name there, Eismer, Eismer, um, at 814 he mentioned, he goes, I got my marksman ribbon in the Air Force in 1983. Does that mean I'm still a marksman? So even though you ascertain these potentially arbitrary titles that say you are this diver, you're this qualification, should there be a stipulation as well to say that you've maintained these skills? It says that in the safe diver, like practice of understanding whatever, blah, 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 for Patty, like if you go for more than six months out of the water, you're supposed to take a refresher course. Yeah. But enforce it. It's back to Danny saying, do they enforce the standards or not? These arbitrary titles that say you are this diver, you're this qualification. Should oh, there be a stipulation as well to say that you've somebody's got Facebook open? I'm lagging. Yeah, but then the other thing is if, uh, if okay, so I'm in a completely different industry, so it doesn't matter. But yeah. if I, as an open water shop, say, hey, anybody who doesn't have a logbook sign uh, within the last six months from a dive shop, I can recognize needs to do a refresher course that people are going to go to other shops so unless the whole mm. industry changes it's a problem yeah all right uh one quick question for bill because i want to i want to try something really quick bill sure. you are currently an advanced open water diver yes correct how how deep are you how deep are you, are you, are you certified to go by patty regulations i am certified to go to 120 feet Right, not, not an no. So no. that, so this is the, so this is ex my exact point on that. Thank you, Bill. I apologize for throwing you up on the on well, the yeah, like that. So, so, so these misconceptions are exactly what we were talking about with this whole damn thing. It is one hundred feet. It is thirty meters. That is it. So, um, everybody is selling this advanced course to try and get people to go to one hundred and thirty feet or one hundred and twenty feet, and not yeah. clarifying. So it's about. A lot of it comes down to the dollar on that of being like, oh, let me make sure you can go on the next boat because, yeah. but that is if you ask the majority of people who are an advanced open water diver and what their depth is, they are going to tell you, oh, I took the advanced so I can go to 130 feet. I went to 67 feet and looked at a bag of Cheez-Its. So now I can go to 130 feet. That's a good one, by the way, because it's back on the surface interval. Um 
color change shows hot you the difference. Cheez-Its. You put, uh, you can do hot cheese too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that works too. They, they don't compact as well. Um, cause they're hot and spicy, but you just clip them off to your BCD, show them color change and they, they crackle a little bit and then you go back up 68 feet is about perfect. Right, Danny. Yeah. But so if I do that for a student yep. within standard, what's that go to 67, 68 feet. I could go to 61 feet and they're in standard. Yes. See the color oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. It would be. Yep. So, yep. and that's within every agency. Right. Every agency. That's why I haven't taught okay, advanced so, adventure so, in so two years. <laughs> so the question, Danny, is, is does that diver that you just certified and perfectly flat calm still water in a quarry at 61 feet in fresh water in a, in a five-mil wetsuit, is that person going to go into the St. Lawrence Seaway on a shipwreck at 110 feet of water? Because that's where they're going for the next dive. Because they did their advance, now they're advanced. Yeah, right. They've done their advance. Are they ready for that dive? So, I, I James, I, um, are, they, are they ready for a dive on the Bloody Bay Wall that goes down like nine hundred feet that way? James, but, but they had a heart. But the only reason they stayed at sixty-one is because you were kneeling in the mud at sixty-one feet. Are James, they ready for that wall dive? You're you're a man my own heart because you're one hundred percent, one thousand percent correct. <laughs> a freshwater diver, <laughs> 61 feet, is not ready for saltwater diving. <laughs> because this goes back to freshwater diving is not real diving. <laughs> well, it, it, it's vice versa, actually. It's the same thing because they're not, they're not experienced in that environment. It's a different world. And many people would say that the Caribbean water is so much clearer. It's so much easier. It's warmer, 100 feet of visibility. But that is just as alluring and, and detrimental to somebody because it's a false sense of security as somebody yeah. that learned or advanced in the in Grand Cayman and came up to the cold Great Lakes water, uh, Midwestern quarry water to do a dive. It's a, the fact of the matter is it's a completely different environment and one doesn't justify the other. You need experience in more places to consider yourself a quote unquote advanced diver. Yeah. So I think that, so I, I think that Jason Bowen brings up a, a good point here. And I think this is where we were going and we're all going is even if it's general standards, not just SDI, tell a diver they're qualified to dive in conditions similar to which they are trained. Like I think that's really what we're looking for. Are if you went to Bill, back to your point, how deep did you go on your deep dive, deep adventure dive of your advanced class? Yeah, so this is a great clarification. So in the certification, and I'd like to make the record clear here, it's not that I'm a, a 50 dive, advanced open water diver. Right. It's 150 dives, which yep. I'm compared to you guys, that's minuscule. But for most advanced open water divers, that's kind of lengthy. Um, in that certification, we went to 100 feet, and we did the whole test to see if you're you know, feeling the effects of narcosis and everything like that. It wasn't until I got out of the training and into like more professional diving with dive masters and instructors that they're like, we're going down to 120. Oh, you're advanced. You can come with us. So I wonder if that maybe is part of the clarification to say, yeah. That's exactly what it, but, but how do they know that you're qualified? They, they don't necessarily know you're qualified. They, they saw that you had that. that. Yeah. And, and a lot of people like to sell it like that. Um, and Brock, hey, hey, Bill, I, I don't, I don't necessarily uh, disagree that in the, in the right setting with the right group of people and the right uh, people that you've been diving and building experience with, I, yeah. I'm not going to say that 
there's anything wrong with them mentoring you and moving you past that level. Yeah. I, I think that's a different discussion altogether. For sure. Then and just saying, you know, uh, I've gotten my advance card. You're good to 120. Yeah. Like I, there's in many ways, I think, mentoring someone in the right way, knowing that they've got, not that it's just they're, they're having you trust them to follow them to, to 120 is way different than making sure you're prepared properly to go with them to that depth. I think those are two very different things. Yeah. Right? And if I may, I think this yeah. is also a very important point, And maybe this is a whole nother subtopic on what is an advanced diver. Let's talk gear. That's something we haven't really talked about. So to be an advanced diver, are you taking rental gear that every single time you dive is a new rig? Or are you diving on your own rig? Renting you gear, you're not an advanced diver. I, if you're on rental gear, 90% of the time, you're not an advanced diver. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Five, baby. Here we go. Listen, I have this conversation with people that are looking for it. your high school. considering buying gear, and I tell them flat out. Are you, 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 are you on top of a, a diver? Danny, Danny I, will, I will give you the floor. Let me just say this. I tell people, if you consider yourself a diver, if you go to the pub and you're going to hit down a chick and you go, I'm a diver, oh, you got, you got oh, I'm a diver too, and you whip out your open water card and you go, I am a diver, to me that means you have your own gear. You are a diver. If you don't have your gear, you travel – you dive once every two, three years when uh, you know you're when mom and dad take you on a cruise and mm -hmm. you do the one little resort dive. You're right. not a diver. You've got a certification, but you're not a diver. There's a That's big difference between having a certification and diving. I say give it to Natalie. She's got her hand up. Oh wait, wait a second. Just one second. I want to notice. I want to recognize how the tables have turned because normally you Brando up and just leave him go. Brando, you get him going and just leave him being. You're like, go talk. Now it's you that's going rock and roll. Nat, go. <laughs> okay, so I have like probably five or six thousand cave dives. Okay, I floor. I do all this. I have full on. Like, got on vacation and run in an open water PCD <laughs> and got on a shallow, normal, normal dive. So, you can't like judge somebody for having rental gear because, like, I'm not gonna take all this shit if I'm gonna do two dives. Give me your gear and I'm gonna go diving and it's gonna be fun. I've done not, this. Not having, I, don't mean, I don't mean having rental gear but because you have your own gear. Open water card. <laughs> I don't think there's anything wrong with using rental gear in a situation like that. You have your own gear, you know your own gear, and you're in a place with We have a chart here. We have I should open Pandora's box, man. I'm sorry. Jeez. Wow. All all we're doing as instructors in this entire conversation is a bunch of people sitting on high horses looking down on people that are just are just doing what they, we want people in this industry so when you tell them hey you're not an advanced diver because you're not doing what i do and i have a hundred and thousand dives on you i've gone through 15 professional courses and i'll <laughs> tell you you're not a professional diver you know what take it out of your butt <laughs> these people are <laughs> in in your own agency standards, they're considered advanced or they're considered whatever they're considered. You you need to get your head out of your butt. Danny, you don't have to worry. No one's, right. no one's used the word professional with Danny, you. It's okay. Right, you didn't tell them what's the 
Danny, you're right, but you're 100% right, but you're held up on the semantics of what advanced is. And if advanced to you is industry standard, you are correct, and you're, but that's because you're a part of the industry. We're saying advanced is something different because we are. James, are, are you part of a different industry that has a different standard? I don't think you are. I think regular standards. So I don't know what to tell you. You're, you're upholding your own standards rather than your own agency standards. Right. And so that's minimum standards, right? Which is okay, but they're still your standards and they're still your agency standards. So. so the, but but I, correct me if I'm wrong, Jason, and this is your show, so correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, no. I believe the whole premise behind this, tonight's show is is the industry standard of nine dives what we should as a community accept as the standard? And what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to be a. Uh, a voice for the community and for, and the voice for the people that have to deal with this out in the field. And this voice, the voice that I hear over and over again is nine dives is not enough for me to be comfortable to know that this is an advanced diver that I, as a professional don't have to watch over like a hawk. Hey, uh, James, just to interject, you're an UTD instructor. I am, yeah, and I've uh, I've been a patty instructor for twenty years. All right, so forget about patty. Let's go to UTD. Can you look up your uh, your advanced diver uh, standard for UTD? Yeah, yeah. What, what about it? Just look it up. Tell me it's how many times that person needs and what they need to be able to show. Just look it up. Well, you need you need twenty five dives between certifications to even begin to move. From and then you need a, you know, to UTD. Be a recommendation by the instructor to continue forward that you've got that level prior to what you're doing mastered and you're ready. Can somebody, can somebody with less than 25 dives, based off of your opinion, move on to the next level? There's not an instructor in UTD that would, would take it, they'd tell you to go dive more. But in, I'm just asking, they, they, would, they wouldn't tell you you suck, I mean, they wouldn't tell you you can't do it, they would tell you that for your own best interest, you need to dive and you need to get some practice in. But uh, what I'm asking you is, in, in uh, as per standards, can you, as an instructor, certify somebody advanced open water or recreational to or whatever whatever your level it is that's equivalent? Yeah. Can you can you do that with somebody with less than 25 dives, based off of your own opinion? Um, look at the standard. Don't even don't even guess. Just okay. look at the standard. No, no, no. I Okay, so first off, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you that what the standard says is no, no, no. What objectivity is? There's always going to be some ability. Are you telling me that there's no patty open water instructor that would tell somebody ever that uh, they're they're not ready for advance? No, what I'm there is. What I'm telling you is to go. And, I, and I was one of them when I taught just through patty. Just and I, when I taught just through patty, I was. <laughs> Just, just What's go, that? just go into your computer, pull up the PDF of the standard, and see if it's possible. That's all I'm asking. That's way too complicated. <laughs> so, from an insider, yeah, right, just, know, fair enough. That's the next one. I'm going to tell you, no, it's not possible. As instructor, so again, as the greenhorn in this entire conversation, um, one of the things I've always been curious about is what is, and again, this is kind of one of these core topics of this whole conversation is what is that baseline standard to say that this person is advanced forget open water we know the open water is there a uniform like universal standard to say 
this person's checked off the list. Nope. I'm seeing a lot of head shaking, and I think that is a core problem. RSTC. Well, I, I think I think go go ahead, Natalie. I'm, I apologize. I say like you you've got RS the recreational school the council of training. Blah, 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 blah. It would be helpful if they would have like very strict standards. It's like black and white. They do. They they do yes, actually they have standards. They do. Here. Well, yeah. Okay, so so yeah, Danny Danny's right. They do they do have standards, and, and they're, I, they're this is my point. I what are, are their standards, Danny? Look them up. Ah <laughs> yes. Look at <laughs> Danny. Danny, <laughs> Danny, look him up. Look at the goddamn standards, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> RSTC, RSTC advanced. Bring them up. I'm doing it. Love it. All right. So because to clarify, yeah, that was your entire ITW or half of it. Um, looking up standards. Uh, so Rick brings up a good point. I want to clarify some things when we're talking about advanced. There's yeah. uh advanced and advanced adventure uh, for SDI for the, and I don't know some of the terminology from the other ones. When we were talking advanced, we were talking about advanced adventure. It is 25 dives and significant number of specialties for the advanced advanced with SDI. We are talking about advanced adventure. We are talking about advanced open water. We are talking about your, your infographics are a little bit different between different organizations because, uh, Patty goes straight down open water, advanced rescue, dive master, SDI just goes open water and then rescue, but there's prerequisites and goes off to the side. I'm not yeah, sure about yeah, UTD because no, no. I haven't looked up the standard. You want me to bring it up, Danny? They, they, every single agency does the exact same thing. This is what I'm, I'm, I'm so right. tired of hearing this argument. It, it's, I'm working on it. It's the main thing. I'm actually Because you, you don't need advanced to go to rescue to dive master with SDI. No, you don't need the five need five the dive sampler platter. You don't need and that. Then, well, well, it. Like you thought we were being sarcastic about nine. Yeah. Well, we're waiting for Danny to find the standards. We can talk like uh, something I found interesting about working for different agencies, which I've only done for Patty or for uh, TDI. Patty, if they if you check the boxes, you are required to certify them. For TDI, if they do everything, there is something called the friends and family clause, which is if you would feel uncomfortable with the person's like diving at this level with a similarly certified like friend or family member, then you are like you are industry or like agency obliged to not certify them. So Natalie, I'm going to correct you. As a Patty and uh, ITI instructor, you're you're wrong. Patty has the same thing, but it's under mastery. So instead of so now we're going back to that mastery definition, yeah, right? But that's the same that's thing as saying that somebody is okay to dive with a loved one. So that's is that really defined, outlined, defined in Patty, or is it? Yeah, no longer. I dropped them a while ago. No, mastery is defined in Patty as far as this person needs to show mastery of every single skill. SDI gives you that friends and family clause, which is essentially serving the same purpose. So again, I'm going back to the no agency matters. You can do everything through XYZ, even UTD, even then. And it, it, it's still, you're going to get a good education as long as you have the right instructor. So us bashing- I'll, 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 I'll give you points on that one, Dan. I'll, I'll yeah. give you points on that for sure. No doubt about it. 
it doesn't make a difference. But it also comes back to the instructor being knowledgeable. Because when I was a Patty instructor, I had my shop telling me I had to certify them that I, of course, was as we talked about, was refusing over the mask thing about mask clearing. Wrong. You, so, you don't have to certify anybody. You don't feel you have to certify. If you can right. state that they're... Until that comes back to the You don't certify. No agency is going to tell you what you have to do. And this is my point, that we all sit there. We want to blame other people. But if you have a really crappy student two, three years later, it's because of you. You as the instructor <laughs> are the problem. Right? And I've got someone I started that are crappy... No doubt about that. No doubt about, no, 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 and nobody's uh, disagreed with that. Okay. No. Uh, that's that's what makes a good instructor is, is the one that is able to take that struggling student that's that's having a difficult time and, and, and can't get it. The one that can show them the light and move them towards an ability to be able to do something that they couldn't do before. That's what makes a good instructor versus a bad instructor. That has not been any part of this conversation whatsoever. Well, see, the problem is that you're 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 not taking into consideration that is exactly what this entire conversation is about. This entire conversation uh, isn't about agency not, standards. That's not been the premise of anything I've said. So so every single person here, aside from me, has said that that you're not an advanced diver at nine dives. But if you're a damn good instructor and you're following these standards to a T and you're actually upholding and you're really going through, I want to make sure my student masters buoyancy, my student masters mass clearing, my student masters every single open water skill plus every single advanced AOW skill. At nine dives, they are an advanced diver because they're probably better than anybody here do like get them to master deep diving to 100 feet in one dive because I certainly can't. <laughs> You're not training hard enough, Natalie. I don't know what to tell you. Wait, wait, no, no. Actually, actually, because only because only because Bill only because Bill already dropped the f bomb. You are so fucking full of shit. Listen, here's the thing. Who be your daddy? No, no, Danny. Danny, wait one second. Natalie, you were going to say something. Go. You've been talked over a couple of times, so go. I was just saying, like, we're talking about card versus mastery. If, like Danny says, the instructor truly makes sure that the person masters all of the skills required in the advanced open water course, then, yeah, they deserve the card. But can you do that in nine dives and you're jumping around? Like, nine dives. Like, from open water through advanced in nine dives. Can you do that? I can't do that. What, what, Right. Well, see, Natalie, that's my point. Is and I see what Danny's saying. Is Danny says he is the such a kick-ass, amazing, awesome instructor that he makes sure that all <laughs> of his divers they they complete they complete their open water class and they complete their advanced open water class. And in nine dives, they are truly advanced. And what I'm saying is, no way. I think I'm pretty good. I think I'm pretty good. But there's no goddamn way in hell. Maybe. I'm not, I'm not saying completely. There may be one or two over the, over the course of time that are just so sharp, so spot on, but they are the anomaly. Now, might they have meet, might they have met the industry standards for the advanced open water 
card to put it in their wallet to flash at the pub to hit on the chick. I don't understand why we need yes, to say they have. standards. But I consider them to be an advanced diver out on the water. Two completely different worlds. I think it just comes back to the misnomer of the advanced open water course, really. Thank right? you. Thank you. That's exactly it. And and the epitome of that, like really what I think of the epitome of that is, is, is how the misnomer is, is that depth rating type of thing. Like we talked about it, somebody made it in the comments of you're certified to go to the depth you, you've gone to. You're, you're qualified at that level and then make sure that you follow correct procedures going forward. And so many advanced open water students. Who, yeah. Yeah. And then they want to do a Sonote. So many, so many people say, yeah, I'm certified to go to 130. No, you're not. You're certified to go to 100. Not that there are scuba police, not that your qualifications are different, but if we are talking purely semantics on what you are certified to do, you are certified to go to 100 feet. And so many people bill it. You will even see it on shop websites that are like, hey, you have your advanced, you can go to 130. No, you can't. Yeah, come on down. You can do it. Just give us a little extra tip. But I also think that Danny brings up a very good point in his devil's advocate portion of that he's and, buying and Diablo. Yeah. Okay. Um, he is he has bought so far into that to the persona of what a lot of people have their opinions. I am so good of an instructor that I followed exactly the, the cookie cutter version of what I've been told to do, that I am so good of an instructor that my students are advanced at nine dives, don't tell me how to teach. So you see that a lot, you hear that, I mean, not a ton, but you hear that a fair amount. That's, um, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is. Well, you're acting like it. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta be one end of this entire thing. So I gotta be- Way to take control of this situation, oh, finally, Jason. Exactly. <laughs> I'm enjoying watching you guys go. Yeah, so, so you got so you got Natalie and James, who I am sure are fantastic, amazing instructors. All right, and I, I'll talk to them tomorrow. I I guarantee you, in whatever realm that they teach in, they're absolutely amazing. All right, and I and I absolutely believe it. But if they are pulling pulling it out of their ass, if they say that there isn't a student that they've had that they certified that they weren't one hundred percent sure of. I have never certified a student that I am not one hundred percent sure. I've I've and never I have, I have turned away more I have turned away more students. I've never failed a student, but I've told I've told I've many never students, failed a student ready. to come back. You're not ready right. yet. All right, so they're, they're so, on the listen. They're on the goddamn uh, uh, comments right now. Go ahead and chime in. How many of you are still waiting to 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 get a clean pass from me? It's mm -hmm. it's not so because I'm not is, I think Randall is waiting. Is comes next? And I know I know the class that they want to walk through like a piece of cake. And there's no way that I'm going to send them to somebody like Natalie to take a cave class with credentials of, of I think that they need. And then, and then they show up to her and go, who the – because Bill said this first. Who the fuck let you hear? Ain't going to happen with my name. Nobody in hell. It doesn't mean you're failing. It just means they're not ready yet. They need more work. This is the problem with 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 a weekend class is it, it puts every one of these students with a thinking that they have to get done in a weekend. It make it takes away all the fun from education. It takes away the joy of learning. It's it makes it something that you have to get done in two days. When in reality, the learning process should be the fun. That should be the joy. That's where you learn everything. That you, that's where you do stuff. That's where you spend the time and build the education so that you can move on.
Nobody is looking great with it. And I guarantee you, between Natalie, you, myself, and Jason, there are students that have been waiting two, three years at most in order to pass a class. I am not an easy instructor. As much as I want to BS and uh, play the devil's advocate in each end, and I am not an easy instructor. I didn't even pass Jason in advanced buoyancy to control because he, he... I looked like shit that day. I will admit it. I, that was just completely fucked. I should not have brought that BCD. Since Bill said it first, I was fucked. And there was so it was terrible. So he was what? He was what? Nine and a half dives? Out of everything I've heard of Jason, and him and I worked together for a very long time, there was so much silt that I, I, I called yeah. live. It was a fucking I said, you know what? It's not, even, it's not even worth it. I yeah. said, it, 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 all I'm going to see is Jason's fins kicking everything up. <laughs> It wasn't that bad, but it was fucking bad. (laughs) I wouldn't have passed him. Yeah, that was a very, very bad. When was that? January, February, some shit like that. It it, it was a terrible freshwater dive because that's what they all are, and uh, (laughs) and you you made a mess of it. That's (laughs) the point. My point is, we're we're all hard instructors, right? Anybody here who's an instructor, I think that if you're having a conversation with Jason Meany, you're a tough instructor, all right? And I think you can hang your hat on the fact that you should be proud of being a, a tough instructor. But James, Natalie, I don't know you guys from a hole in the wall. Maybe your standards are not the same as mine, or maybe my standards aren't the same as yours. So when we- I, I, wouldn't, say that I'm a, I wouldn't say that I'm a hard instructor. I'm, I'm still talking, James. <laughs> sorry. All right, go ahead. Oh, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, 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 you must, have, you must have been finally taking a breath. I, I, I thought you were. No, no, no. James, James, I can do this all day. So, <laughs> yeah, he can. He's an EMT. He just reads the standards all day long. Mm-hmm. First of all, paramedic. Oh, oh, oh I forgot. You see the RSTC standards for advanced open I have it here. If you guys would like to read through them, I will read through them, and oh, I will God. do it in the voice of Bobcat Goldway. No, right. we're already at 90 minutes for Christ's sake for a 45 minute show. Right. Let me let me finish up my point. Real quick. I think it's an important point. Yeah. You you gotta get over yourselves as as uh, instructors, as dive masters, as, as advanced divers. You, you need to get your head out of your butt and realize that the standards are written for the fact that a million, a million people a year are certified as open water divers. The fact that maybe a couple thousand of them continue on to their training, right? Mm. All we're doing when we're sitting here making these standards, having these discussions about the the minutia of standards, we're turning away possible divers that are just going to go diving. And yeah. that's better for all of the industry. So I take really 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 sport, people should actually be able to handle themselves. So, Thank you, Natalie. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's one of the. You can die at sixty feet. You can die at forty feet. I'm okay if you can't set up your gear. You should have. Thank you. Was it eight, eight, eight and a half feet for an AGE? What I want to do, I want to have eight and a half feet for an AGE. Forget about diving. We're gonna have this conversation. I want you to have a, a ski instructor. I want you to have a dance instructor. I want you to have any kind of physical activity instructor here on the conversation, and then I want you to ask them. What's the difference between a basic and advanced person? Mm. And you'll see that the standards for scuba are so skewed. They're so silly. They're so arbitrary that yeah. none of it makes sense. Right? And we're fighting about the nonsense of about it. Mm. So, no, we're actually fighting about the name. I think Brock suggested yeah. scuba 201. Right. 
And it's yeah. great. Scuba 101, Scuba 201. We have solved the problem. Which is exactly what it is. It's advanced open water. It's yeah. not advanced diver, you know, that's you know professor. It's advanced open water. But that's how it's built. That's how it's hey, built. Danny, how many people? Hey, that's Danny, uh, can you uh, can you look up how many people have died on the Spiegel Grove? Uh, Fifteen. I just actually looked that up. Advanced open water certifications. Fifteen. I, I have the the paperwork right here. Fifteen. Okay. What? Uh, yeah. How the? How could an advanced open water diver die on the Spiegel Grove? This is weird because. Uh, UTD instructors, uh, 45. I'm just making this up, but I'm just saying, <laughs> if you're asking. <laughs> so, so my, my point is, how, how is this even possible? How is it's this even possible? 45 UTD instructors. I mean, I mean sure, you're there. You're, you're, I get it. If you're there, you're diving on the day. You, you didn't get the memo that Hurricane Irma's coming through. I Don't get it. You're, you're probably a daughter. But on a normal day, like how does it occur? It's and because James, people are not ready for that title to be James, doing a dive. I think, I think you're but, you're going too crazy about these titles because you know what? I know a lot. I I've known of a lot of instructors. That's the title. That's the, the me going crazy about the title is the title of this whole show we're doing. Right. So but let's simplify. Back it up. Meaning. Hold on. Let's back it up. And simplify this. The the, uh, the entire idea here is that. So when, when we start looking at this, the reason why people stop diving, we have, all of us want people to continue diving. The reason why people stop diving, if you ask, they've, they've done a study is, yes. so the reason why people stop diving is they don't feel confident and they don't feel trained and they get out of nine dives. They should be an advanced diver. They should be accomplished. The next thing they're looking at is rescuing people on their straight linear path for the vast majority of people. And you are looking at it going, Oh crap. I really don't feel ready for this. I barely could dive by myself. How am I advanced? How can I be rescued? And they hang up their hats, which is actually a uh, study that was done. I think two years ago, three, maybe three. I'm and getting old now. Fisher yeah. yeah. So they go through and do it. Can you see it's not a biologist? Right. <laughs> yeah, well, Bill just loves the fish. He apparently, he's buying into Danny yeah, stuff. So, you have a special interest. It's like me, like really liking like different types of rock. So, so if you're making it challenging or interesting, I actually think. But this this is a great point, right? I think it harkens back to like. If you're what, not making the thing like. No, go for it. Go for it. Sorry, we were talking over each other. Hey, hey, wait, wait, wait. You're not making the yeah, thing. Yeah, Natalie, 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 you even broke worth Hey, Natalie, start over again. You you uh you completely locked up and stopped. So start over again. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're coming through now. So I think this is a problem with the industry as well. I actually think we're doing ourselves a disservice by not making things challenging. Like we approach diving as like, oh, go on a walk in the forest. Well, that's boring. I did it once, whatever, unless I have some special interest in this, whatever. If I make this a challenge to you and your certification means something, you're much more likely to continue. So I think actually adding an aspect of mastery and challenge and making it difficult will eventually increase the number of divers. We won't get as many DSTs, mm. that's okay. Yeah. Work with that. Yeah. Okay. Essentially expand out the, the segmentation between open water advanced to make it someone get some experience, make someone or show the prerequisites of being able to do X, Y, and Z skill, I think, maybe Brock said earlier. So do, like you're doing for the snow days, you have to be able to show that you can do these things. When you show that you can do these things, it makes it a challenge to actually 
uphold that uh, when you're starting to do quality control and stuff like that. There are different ways around that. I know GUE does like a quality control after every single yeah at that sort of thing it's smaller so it's easier to do right there's no way you could do like danny said a million divers there's no way you could qa a million people so if you as you get to that big big aspect it makes it very complicated and challenging but just saying that hey let me make you work a little bit more for this let me not just sell it to you next weekend let yeah. me make you wait a month and get some dives in and get some experience let's let's do uh different things interesting um intermediate so open water i like that Build off these points yeah. just before we, you know, go that's, off and that's, that's that's is, that uh, oh, is one of my hometown boys. Peace out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I yeah. Can I, can I just say? Just, All right, hold on. Bill. So Natalie brought up this point of linearity, right? So you go through your open water, advanced open water into rescue. And as a fish brain biologist, marine biologist and all that stuff, I love underwater naturalists. But how is that preparing you for saving a life, right? And like you need to build up on these skills. And I think this is something the industry really needs to reconcile with is to say, are we just trying to get people to go into, you know, buy into this paddy dive experience in Egypt or the Turks and Caicos or Bahamas? Or are we actually trying to, you know, put through like competent, like life-saving divers to do cave diving, do tech diving? One hey, hey Bill, I, I don't think there's I don't think there's anything wrong with with patty selling an underwater naturalist class. No. Nope. Mm. I I, I it's fine. There's nothing wrong with it. But if you're if you're learning something, there's education somebody, involved. There's yep. a big difference between that and telling somebody they are advanced just because they've done five more dives. It's a different, it's not even the same ball game. There needs One to be second for Danny. Danny. Maybe Bill, needs, I want to bring up and, and by the way, like uh like uh I'm, before Danny goes uh open it up again, Danny. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm, I want to address the point that you made earlier. Is um, He's taking notes? I like it. When you said that we need to get over ourselves first off, mm. you said get over ourselves. No, because the standards are written for the the masses, and I think that is the problem because this started back in the '60s when it was we need we we've realized we've built an industry. Yeah. It wasn't just a bunch yeah. of Navy guys that wanted to go diving anymore. We've exactly. built a whole market. We've 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 created shit to sell, and we've yeah. got uh we've got investors now that we have to uphold, and we've got people that we got to pay out. We need to keep the numbers going up and up and up and up yeah. and up and up. And the only way we're gonna do that, if everybody's teaching like a goddamn drill instructor, nobody's gonna pass classes. So we gotta yeah. make this yeah. easier. And this is one of the cornerstones of what John Cronin did when he started Patty was we need to make the system so that any Tom, Dick and Harry can go down to Grand Cayman on a vacation and go down and see some fishies. And I've got zero, I've got zero problems with that. The problem yeah. is, is they take that class, which really teaches them to dive in 20 to 30 feet, yep. holding the dive master's hand and they immediately are in a hundred feet of water. Yeah. That's an issue. Danny, before the next thing that only a few people are going to move on. And the reason only a few people are moving on is because they get the living goddamn shit scared out of them at some point. And they yeah, go, yeah. fuck this. I, I can watch this on, on the couch on, on Discovery Channel and be perfectly safe. He always said fuck this. And they leave the industry. They leave our community. That's the problem. So, so by lowering standards and bringing more people into the community – 
is not fixing sorry, the, sorry. the problem with not enough people in the community. The not enough people in the community is because we've made the standards so easy. I can, oh, go ahead. I, I have oh, one thing. It's quick, brief. I'm so sorry to interrupt. I feel like a jerk. <laughs> so to go back to the original part of this conversation, and Danny, if you're listening, I love you. Um, it's you teach, right? As an instructor, what's the first thing you teach? My instructor, Dr. Travis Van Leeuwen, I love you, man. You're great. The first thing he taught me was, here's this book, Shadow Divers by John Chatterton. And oh, Rich and all those guys. All right, this is what I'm bringing up. All right, here we go. People built shit in their garage and they tried it out. There was risk involved. It's something that like you're not just going out to have this like beautiful experience. Like you're taking it's an extreme sport and it's extreme experience. And I think one of the things we really need to teach is the history of where the sport came from and what the actual like ramifications are for pushing boundaries. Anyway, that's my, that's my point. So just before Danny goes off on a tangent, I want to bring up something you brought up because you talked about linearity and how we need to kind of get away from linearity, right? Mm. Your exact comment, Bill, at the beginning of this thing was, hey, my name's Bill. I'm an advanced open water diver, soon to be rescue. Yeah. You just did the linear thing. I am going, I need to qualify myself. I am going to the next step. I am on my path. I am doing the correct thing, which I am told to do. We yeah. need to be teaching to teach. We need to be teaching to get people in the water. Like, so this linearity, it, it almost goes too fast to the point of open water, advanced, and then drives you into rescue. So you're just staring at rescue after two weekends going, well, that's what's next for me. Oh my God, I can't believe I got there. Versus, hey, let's take some time. Let's mentor each other. Let's work together. Let's talk about becoming a better diver. Let's let's get you where you need to be. And let's get you involved diving with a bunch of people and get you a bunch of experience. And yeah. then let's go deeper. Let's do more things, more interesting stuff. Let's send you to Natalie for cenotes. Um, mm -hmm. Send you to Danny for some boring Long Island sound, whatever, garbage dives. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, go I, ahead, I bud. That's the point. I, I think that's the point. So, so what I want to say. There comes over Danny. <laughs> uh, here, Rick Peck, the nerd, is going to have standards. All right. Yeah, faster than you. Advanced Diver 10.1, introduction to the SDI Advanced Diver Development Program, was created to make true advanced divers. Under the old way of training, the student could take an advanced course, immediately follow an open water course, and only have a total of nine dives, all under the direct training of an instructor. The SDI Advanced Diver Development Program requires an open water diver to complete four SDI, TDI, or ERDI specialties or equivalent combined with two blah, 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 blah. Thank Jumped you. Jumped into 25 dives, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Yeah. He is the resident nerd. Uh, yeah, that's why we love him. <laughs> so here's my that point. That's who gave me my, uh, my drunk dialing. Actually, to give you background, he wrote me the drunk dialing certification card which Danny was completely involved in. I think Danny might have been my instructor on that one. <laughs> so, yeah, he. Look what I've gotten out of this conversation. It's actually like once I replace my scooter batteries, then I really need to just get a card printer. Yeah, yeah, they're great. <laughs> yeah, because you you can you can certify people. Whatever you, want. <laughs> you know, it's all the same. Anything. Thing. Send me a card, Natalie. Yeah. All right. I can I can send whiskey cards. That drama diving whiskey cards. Oh, <laughs> So the point that I want to make. Any title you want. We're, we're all. We're, I'm going to come up with something good. 
Danny, we already know he's the devil in residence. So yeah, no, because you know what? I'm gonna challenge you guys. I'm gonna challenge you guys to the point where I'm gonna say that if, if you're getting these problem students at, at AOW or whatever certification level you're teaching <laughs> at, and if you're not gonna put the time in for them to make sure that they're at the actual level that you're certifying them for, then it's your fault. So do you mean doing longer dives? Because you said that within four like dives, they would be ready for advance. So does that no, mean doing longer dives? In in no agency standard, in none of them. Danny, you're missing the point. Danny, you're missing the whole point. James, you're missing my point. Can I just can I say like like what I, I get I get what you just said. I, I fully hundred percent. You're talking over me. I'm, 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 this I'm, is the whole point of this conversation. This is my time, James. I'm going to need you to back off. All right, I'm gonna need you okay. to. Take I, <laughs> All right. so I thought you here. just break. I was interrupting Jason. If okay, James, I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put. I'm just gonna hold up your high horse right <laughs> here. All right, next to me. All right, this is gonna be it. What you said was if if you're not if you're not passing these people to an ability and a standard that's in there, the the point of this whole discussion is how they're coming in. It's not how they're coming out. It's how they're you're, coming you're in. Making that, you're making that point. You're yeah, making that's, but that's the point of the conversation. Not, what you're doing is... That is the point of the... That's why I got invited to the yeah. show. James, <laughs> what you're doing is you're passing off the buck. You're saying that the problem is it's not my training. It's not my standard. It's the students that I have that I didn't teach. And I think... And I, and I understand where you're coming from. And I understand that's a very easy thing to do. That's 90% of the students that I are the ones that come to me because they know they're missing something. I'm still going. All right. What I'm saying is that you're 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 passing the blame. All right. You're taking the easy way out. If you were a hardcore instructor, you would say, you know what? I don't care what you look like before. I don't care what certification you have. I'm going to make you a badass uh, diver because that's what I do. But just in five dives, because you can make an advanced diver in nine total you dives. I could take somebody who's never ever right. ever been in the water before. And in 15 minutes, I could get them neutrally buoyant, right? And I think every single person here can do this. Actually, yes. Yeah, that is. Yeah, I, that I is a very valid point that a lot of people are missing. I think, Jason, you could do it. Natalie, I'm sure you could do it. James, I can give you the benefit of the doubt. I think you could do it. What I'm saying is, make the cave dive. It's just going to take two years. So we have the, the, are they qualified to start the next course is the question. And if you're not coming and having like, what, I, what Natalie, all I'm saying is, it, it, this isn't an affront on your ability as an instructor, right? I'm giving you guys the benefit of the doubt, right? I don't know you from me, from from Adam. You don't know me. What I'm saying is that it's if we could all, if if all, every single one of us just adhere to a standard and whatever it is, and let's say the instructor before us didn't adhere to it, well, you know what? Their level is different. All right. Now, here is your challenge as the instructor. This is your, this is what you're getting paid for. Do your job. Get the diver to an advanced level, whether it be nine dives, 15 dives, 35 dives, 180 dives, or seven. We Do all agree with your job. We're agreed with you. I even said earlier, if somebody comes in and they don't have the level to start cave diving, my job is to make them be able to start cave diving. The frustration comes when they come in expecting to be able to have that level now because the other instructor didn't hold themselves up to it. <laughs> yeah, it is, do your, oh, do your job. With you. we, all, we all understand that before we can do something, our job is to make them better and get them to that standard so they can start the course we want to teach them. The frustrating thing as a technical instructor is when they come in 
thinking they have it because somebody else told them they did and they really don't. Yeah, but uh, Natalie, to, to my point, you and I have never worked with the same student, all right? I think. All right, I think if we go through our student laws, I've never sent you a student, you never sent me a student. We don't know if we're actually upholding the exact same standard, right? Yeah, yeah, but if they, they think they've done a side mount cave prep course and they can't back kick, they haven't done a side mount cave prep course. All right, so, but so my, my point is whether, whatever your standard is, whatever my standard so, is. Yeah, that's the thing is that you have to do it first. That's the problem. But the issue on the side of the student, I think where the industry is letting them down, is that these standards aren't as fixed as they could be. So somebody comes in thinking they're ready to go to start cave with me and I have to do five days of remedial training to get them to be able to start cavern. Then they shouldn't have to That's frustrating for the students. That's a really bad trick that the industry is playing on the student. And so yeah. if we could standardize yeah. it a bit better, that well, would be stop, 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 because you're saying the industry. And again, it's not the industry. The industry is giving you the standards. The industry but is giving you the standards. And level, it's a bit of the industry, to be honest. No, the industry is saying mastery. Patty, the one agency we all want to shit on, is telling you mastery. What is mastery? All right, mastery. No one has the definition. Right, right, right. You were talking about, like, I'm saying, like, at my level, like, they don't have the, like, where do you start, cave, which is really unfortunate. Um, yeah, Danny, Danny you're, you're missing, like, you just, you just said, to my point, uh, when you interrupted her, but you're missing her point. And you didn't address her point. And her point is that these students are walking into her with a card that says that they're ready. And she's saying, you're clearly not ready. And it's not nice. And so now, now they've, they've passed standards, these standards that you are diligently fighting for that she's telling you they're not acceptable. What I'm saying is that the standards, as long as all of our, every single instructor in the world is adhering to actual standards, these students are gonna get good classes that are going to prepare them for the next level. The problem is my standard or my I definition of, well, obviously, what, what I'm saying is my, my standard of this meets the standard versus yours, versus Natalie, versus Jason, versus Bill, is so vastly different that if we're all sitting here arbitrarily saying that, you know what, no, it has to be three feet, it has to be one feet, it has to be four feet, it has to be five feet where you can keep neutral buoyancy. If we actually follow the standard as an instructor, just straight out from the bat, if I said, you know what, my student has to master every single skill in open water, I guarantee you my nine water open water diver coming to you for an AOW course is going to no. be better than your, you know, kind of, yeah, they kind of made the standard because of that kind of feel. And that's the point. Like, if you actually follow the standards from every single agency, because they're all the same, if you actually follow them, and you actually held students to them, I, you would have better divers. You would have an advanced diver at nine dives because, you know what? You I have an advanced diver at nine dives. If I, if I can interrupt for just a second, Brock um, had a great comment. I think that ties a couple themes that we've had throughout the course or this conversation. Um, one was, this is way earlier on, was like, how many people in 2020 actually keep a logbook? And then Brock just mentioned, he goes, Natalie, what matters more to you, a logbook or C cards? So how, as instructors, and sorry to interrupt this kind of this theme that we've been going on, but when you get a diver, when you get somebody, when you look at their book, if you look at their book, or do you look at the C card, what has more weight to you? My opinion as that like brings divers on from, again, kind of coming through the mill, is I really look at the logbook itself. 
I don't give a shit. I put them in the water and see how they die. If nothing else means anything to me. Yeah, so I, I, I interview them and put them in the water. Logbook, or I've never looked at a seat card. No. I, I never I, ever asked a student for either one. I want to see them in the water. Yeah, I've had I, that can be really good in a relatively like low, like they have like 200 dives. They want to do a cave course. This is a low number of dives to do a cave course. And they're like actually really good. Right. Mm. Maybe you, Bill, would be excellent. You're doing scientific diving. You probably got this down. Or you could have somebody with a thousand dives, all of them logged and all of the cards. And they can be terrible. So I don't really, I just care the dives. I, I interview them first. I have an interview on Saturday for a potential uh, tech Sorry, student. They come in for an interview, and then they then we go in the water afterwards to see if they're ready to go or not. Aren't you wonderful, Jason? I, I need to sit down and drink a beer with somebody before I'm going to take them in the water for a technical dive. There you go. I think it was a standard <laughs> team. I think it was like, screw all of the prerequisites and all that bullshit. I want to see them in the water. You know what yeah. I mean? like, I, that, that's really uplifting to me as somebody that is not an instructor is that there's a group understanding that, listen, you could have all the prerequisites and the recommendations and all that bullshit in the world, but I want to see you actually in action. So I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's a part of a larger discussion to say, where do we get them to the point where this needs to be a standard? Well, back in my I've been taking on this conversation. I wrote, check out dives, guys. We need to hold people to them. I just want to point out that even Patty, Again, the, the agency that we all shit on because we're better than Patty. Put another dollar in, baby. Tell you to do an evaluation dive with every single student you didn't certify. Yeah. So I if was, you just did your job as an instructor, you would be better off. Just do your job. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You're, you're, you're saying that, that we don't do an evaluation dive with our students? No, we all do, I think. We yeah, all we do. do it because yeah. we all follow standards, but I'm saying that that's part of the standards of not, not even because it's standards, because it's common sense. Yeah, but it's it is uh, part of your some standards. people need standards to have common sense. Yeah, it is part of your standards. So if you don't do and, and now, Jason, standards. I think that's the point of this discussion. Right. Yeah. So yeah. James, were you reading something just to get away from Danny, or were you reading something because you wanted to prove a no, point? I was I was specifically <laughs> looking for something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, right now. I was he, either James has checked thing. out and he walked away and he's just reading his, his love no, book there, or no, he's actually looking something up. I was looking he's, for something. He's waiting, he's waiting for something like, back to throw it in my face. That I just gave the game of the job, but I got it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> wow. Um, so I'm going to keep uh, looking for it, though. Yeah. Hey, well, hey, James, he, do me a favor. Keep looking in your standards. I appreciate that you're doing that. You should actually read them. That's a good thing. Well, this is where we're currently at. We are at an hour and 54 minutes for a show that I normally book about 30 to 45 minutes and plan for an hour for. Nice. Um, and we've only lost 10 viewers over the entire thing, and it's been in the last 10 minutes. So it's been impressive that, some, that people have hung out with us. That's um, yeah. So um, Thanks, everybody. yeah, I think we should conclude this. This is a very long uh uh, session. I'm very thankful for all you guys for spending all this time with me. Um, I wasn't expecting this to go as long as it did, um, but that's the way it goes. Thank you to Danny for playing devil's advocate. Hopefully you don't lose any students because of the game you play. Um, Danny, <laughs> Danny is very fun to hang out with for the most part, especially when you get him drunk. Um, <laughs> are, we, wait, are we having, uh, are we having one more like a uh, final like toast and uh, drink yeah. everybody? Yeah, that's All exactly right. what we're going to do. So I'm going to top off. Yeah, I, would like, I would like to say, Danny, 
I would like to say to Danny, I, I know we uh, uh, went head to head, but it, it was a pleasure having you on to, to have that uh, voice of, of that devil's advocate. I know I wouldn't have had the balls to take it on. Um, congratulations. Um, I think it only helps validate a lot of what I believe in. If anything else, <laughs> so cheers to you. Cheers, Danny. Yeah, Danny. Dude, I, I don't know about that one. <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta say thanks. Thanks, like it. Yeah. Yeah. You, you keep reading your standards. Let me know how they, how they work out. All right. All right. Well, cheers, guys. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm going to cheers. I'm gonna take you guys out. I'm gonna say goodbye to all the folks, then I'll come back and say goodbye to you guys personally. So thank Sounds you. Great. He's got Are we allowed to still yell at each other in uh, the green room while uh, you go offline? <laughs> oh, yeah, go right ahead. I don't know if you can hear each other, but go ahead and yell at each other. Jason does the. Uh, He's got the cramps, man. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Jason does right. the uh, Mr. Mr., uh, Mr. Rogers' neighborhood where he, he gives the final lesson of the day. And he's like, yeah. You know, guys. So well, hey, Yeah, yeah, Jason, that's what you should be doing. Yeah. By the way, yeah. By the way, guys, none of us have busted Jason's balls at all of this. And uh, I think Danny brings up a good point. He should be doing something productive at the end of this to really wrap up the show. <laughs> In all fairness, Jason does dive freshwater, so he's not a real diver. So we, we just kind of let him do his thing. I'm diving salt August 1st and 2nd. Come on down, Bahamas, oh. baby. Come on down. In and out, fresh and salt. <laughs> yeah, that counts, Matt. No, that doesn't count. That doesn't, that's a, it makes it weird, and hey, we don't know if you you should clean your gear later or first. Or no, you can do it. We're doing the stall of the Arundo, so when you're happy. fifteen feet of water, it doesn't really matter, doesn't Natalie? All right, dear. <laughs> all right, I'm taking you guys out. I'm going to say goodbye to everybody. All right, thank you very much, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you, everyone. It was a lot of fun. Glad you uh, had me. Had a good time, man. All right, talk to you soon. All right, guys, thank you very much for tuning in to our two-hour-long special. Uh, we digressed, and we came back, and we went round and round, and we had some good conversations. I'm very happy for it. So, uh, as always, you'll be able to subscribe right over here on the YouTube channel, uh, and you'll probably see a suggested other video uh, posted at the beginning of this whole thing as a Patreon link, and then the whiskey glasses that allow us to kind of bring this sort of content to you and keep the whole thing going on. So, uh, thank you very much for hanging out, watching the show. Uh, I think what we came to a general conclusion, despite uh, Danny arguing, was that, you know, maybe we need to uphold people and, and kind of push them so that we can keep them in the sport a little bit longer and mentor them. Take them under your wings. Make sure that they are involved in everything and uh, really, truly giving them and selling them advanced when they should be getting advanced. It's up to you to sell at the right point and not to sell them a course and, and drive a course to them that when they are not ready for that course. Uh, give it to them when they're ready so we can keep divers diving. And that is what we want to do. Thank you all for participating. Again, subscribe, throw it on the Patreon, and uh, help us out as much as you can. Thank you again very much for all the support. Have a great night, guys.